1: Welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly podcast of the Financial Times, which looks at all the comings and goings in the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and it's been an up and down week for the dollar, much as it has been this year. Pulled lower this week by the euro's French election rally, driving higher on upbeat hopes about Trump tax reform and then coming back down to earth when those expectations were rather dashed. Is that it for the dollar this year or can it still find the catalyst for a new higher range? And does the French election and a likely victory for centrist candidate Emmanuel Macron promise a new rally in the euro? Or can that only happen if the European Central Bank starts to come out of easy monetary policy? With me to discuss these issues is Adrian Owens, Investment Director at the Asset Manager. Gam, first question for you, Adrian. What's your guess at where the dollar index is going to end up at
0: the end of the year? Well, it's a little bit unexciting. (laughs) There are lots of conflicting forces at play at the moment. Clearly, we're coming off, up until the start of this year, a very good run for the dollar. This year, the index has dropped back about 4% or so. It does look perhaps as though we're finding a little bit of a base here. And currencies like the euro, perhaps going to do a little bit better going forward. However, from an interest rate point of view, rates are still very supportive of the dollar. If we look at real interest rates, which have been an important driver of the dollar um, over the last year or so, that actually suggests the euro dollar should perhaps be a little bit lower, mm-hmm. maybe closer to 106. But of course, there are a whole host of other factors. Yes. What's Mr. Trump going to do? Um, and in the background as well, we also have to remember you know, there are a lot of supportive flows for the euro because the euro area runs this huge 3% current account yes. surplus while we've got this deficit in the, in the dollar. So. In many ways, I think it's going to be quite a volatile few months, quite choppy markets. Bigger picture, I think the dollar does weaken a little bit, but I don't think it's a huge play for the very near I'm term. interested.
1: You're, you're, you're clearly seeing that, that things are in range. Choppy, you talk about a bit of volatility, but we're, in, we're not going to break out into a new range. We kind of see, the market almost sees that this Trump disappointment trade that they started to see with the problems over uh, healthcare now may be happening with tax possibly with fiscal, kind of the market are getting used to this Trump disappointment. Is that right, do you think? It does
0: very much feel that way. I mean, we had news again overnight that, that perhaps we'd get some, encourage, you know, some encouraging further developments on this front, and it really didn't have much impact. Mm. I think the other thing that we also need to bear in mind that people often jump on this as very much a Trump story, mm. but we have to also remember that the US economy during the time of Trump's election was doing much better And the data was picking up. I mean, over the last few weeks, the U.S. numbers have actually been surprising a little bit more on the downside. So I think this is also a factor yes. that is sometimes overlooked. Yes.
1: And other factors that have been shifting currencies on, on the NAFTA side, the whole North American free trade agreement. You know, there we saw, you know, the, the Canadian dollar and the pesos suddenly being marked down lower. Then comes along Trump and saying, actually, I'm not going to write an order so saying we're going to abolish it or scrap it. I'm actually going to have a, a negotiation. So, again, the choppiness that you see on that whole protectionist agenda should even itself out or level itself out to a kind of a net net.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, we've had huge fun and games, in particular in the Canadian dollar and a currency which is quite close to my own heart and the Mexican peso, which performed awfully last year. Mm. But this year has actually really turned around on more optimistic views as far as NAFTA is concerned, more positive comments in particular from Commerce Secretary Ross. I mean, one of the things that we shouldn't forget about as well as oil and oil prices have been under pressure over the last week or two and that also has been weighing on in particular the Canadian dollar. But our view very much after the election was that Mr Trump wouldn't perhaps live up to some of his rhetoric. It looked like for a while that that was wrong. The rhetoric just carried on coming and the currency suffered um, the Mexican peso in particular on the back of that more recently not just from Mr Trump but from other members of his team. The rhetoric clearly appears to have shifted. And it does appear as though we're going to see a degree of pragmatism. And last night's announcement, again, that actually they want to renegotiate NAFTA to the benefit of Canada, Mexico and the US. I think obviously is much better for those currencies and seems to my mind, the
1: more likely outcome. So on euro dollar, we look more towards European events, perhaps to see what may be the driver. And there are two key drivers in play this week, Adrian. One is obviously the first round of the French election. The other is the ECB meeting, which is just taking place today, Thursday. Of the two, were you surprised perhaps that there wasn't a bigger rally in the euro following the first round election?
0: Not really, because that was still the market's best guess of the outcome. In some ways, perhaps I was a little bit surprised that we had quite such a sharp rally. Oh, okay, so yeah, you yeah. say the other way, yeah. Okay. In many ways, because that was broadly what was expected. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. I, know I mean, I... I
0: know there was definitely some uncertainty, <laughs> and it could have gone horribly <laughs> wrong. And it was that tail risk. Yes. I think the fact that once that tail risk was removed, that's actually why. The currency did so well. Yes. So that was clearly the more important driver. Um, The ECB meeting today really was business as usual we've seen a little bit of weakness in the currency immediately following that meeting but there really wasn't anything of significance coming out do
1: you think the macron euro if i can call it that is now priced in and that actually the next or the only next driver of the euro can be well granted we might have further better eurozone data but the next driver is going to be ecb not on the ecb side
0: well, I think the ECB will be the big driver but as Mr. Draghi made clear again today, the ECB are in no hurry yeah. to do anything. I mean, one of the other things that we need to also bear in mind, and perhaps it's a bit early for the markets to be focusing on this, is the Italian elections. Oh, my goodness. No, I know. I we're, not even, th- we're not even <laughs> through the French elections <laughs> yes. yet, but, you know, potentially early next year. Yeah. And that one I see is a bigger risk the French election.
1: Because all this points to more than simple political risk on a binary electoral basis, but also policy implementation. Which is presumably the same thing, really. But I mean, you know, one of the things the markets worry about is can Macron, if he wins, you know, actually get through an agenda with the with a potentially hostile National Assembly. We've just been talking about yeah. Trump's gridlock problems. Theresa May in the UK, you know, is clearly trying to beef up her majority in order to deliver on Brexit. So is the market attention shifting more or closer towards the idea of what can you really do? It doesn't matter who's in power. What can you really do?
0: I would say that's more the case with Mr. Trump. I think with Macron, there's less that's particularly contentious. So to my mind, the market's not really that worried. Implementation, of course, as we saw with Obamacare, you know, this is really the big issue for Mr. Trump. And of course, his policies are so much more radical. Yes.
1: Looking into the next week and the next few weeks, therefore, give me a sense of where you think investors should focus their attention to from a currency perspective. What looks like a good driver? We haven't really talked much about EM, for example, but I mean, uh, what do you like the look out of there? And by the way, we haven't mentioned sterling, which is up again to one twenty nine. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. what do well, you like?
0: I think there are more opportunities really outside of that G3 area. Right. Because okay. as I alluded earlier, I think euro dollar is a little bit choppy. And um, to my mind... Well, we touched on oil. Oil has been weakening. I think bigger picture, the outlook for oil, given the global growth backdrop, given the underinvestment in oil, is actually reasonably encouraging. Mm -hmm. If you share that view, then currencies like the Norwegian krona, the Canadian dollar, which have been quite badly beaten up recently, they should do well. So I think that's definitely something that we should be focusing on. On a slightly bigger picture view, and one of my favourite currencies at the moment, I think, is the Swedish krona. Oh, go
1: on. Talk us us through it.
0: (laughs) Well, no, it's just that we have, um, in many ways, when you look at what drives a currency, you can tick every box apart from one. And that (laughs) one has actually been more important, which has been that the central bank have just keep adding more monetary accommodation, Amazing.
1: Amazing, despite
0: the fact that growth for the last three years has been around three and a quarter yes. above trend. House prices are booming, credits booming. But it's becoming more difficult for them to continue with this policy because inflation has moved back closer to target. Yeah. They've got a split on the Riksbank Bank board now. There are six members. Three of them did not want to extend QE mm. today mm. because we also had the meeting of the Ricks Bank. So that's, but that's a slightly m- longer term play. Mm. Um, So that's one I think that should be on everybody's radar screen. In terms of emerging markets, yeah, I think there are some fairly good opportunities. If you buy into continued reflation, fairly benign inflation backdrop, then emerging markets, to my mind, look very attractive. Yes, they've had generally a good run over the last 18 months, but they're coming from some relatively cheap levels. Sterling. Slightly more tricky one. Yes, it's done pretty well. I think there's been a bit of a position washout. There was a lot of short sure. positions in the market. Sure. The election announcement has been seen as a positive, and again, I would support that case. However, I think over the next few weeks we're likely to get a lot of noise out of the negotiations um with Europe. So I see it quite difficult for Sterling, certainly against the euro. To continue to push much stronger from these levels. So for me, these are the sorts of levels, at least over the near term, one should be thinking about selling the sterling again. But bearing in mind on a longer term view, at these levels, sterling is, is still cheap. Okay.
1: The Riksbank will surprise, but Brexit won't. My thanks to Adrian Owens of GAM. Next week, it's the run-up to that second round of the French election and another monthly US payrolls report to look forward to. Join us again on Hard Currency. Until then, goodbye.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.